plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Locked On Crossover. I'm Robert Land, host of Locked On Texans. For those of you Cowboy fans who have not heard of me before, and, and I'm here with Drew Davison from Locked On Cowboys, and, and, and Cowboys fans all, all know him, and also of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And I thought, Drew, it'd be great to have a little back and forth with you because it, it looks like both teams have quarterbacks with massive salaries that we don't know exactly what's going to happen with them next year. And I want to ask you just from the Texans perspective, because I know everybody's wondering, what do you think is going to happen with Tony Romo at this point? I mean, are they going to, do you think they're going to go ahead and release Tony Romo and maybe give him a chance to be a starter somewhere else? Because I, I just don't see anybody taking his, his salary and wanting to trade for that. Yeah, I mean, right now, Robert, I think releasing, as he suggested, is, is the most logical solution. That's obviously what Tony Romo would want, because that would give him the option of signing with whatever team he pleases. The reason the Cowboys would be hesitant doing that is you look at a Washington Redskins team and if Kirk Cousins doesn't sign the franchise tag or doesn't reach a long-term deal with the Redskins, Tony Romo could go to that division rival and they certainly uh, have an offense that's capable of, of hanging, hanging with the best in the league or uh, you even look at an Arizona Cardinals team, if Carson Palmer decides to retire, uh, it, you know, that could be an option for Tony Romo. And the Cowboys certainly don't want to see Tony Romo in the playoffs, uh, in the NFC playoffs, whether it's the uh, championship game or the divisional round or the wild card round. They certainly don't want to see Tony Romo. Now, if they met him in the Super Bowl, hey, that's great. Uh, so, that, so if they release him, I'm sure they would come with kind of a gentleman's type agreement that hey uh, sign with an AFC team whether it be the the Denver Broncos or the Chiefs or the Texans like you mentioned so uh, but first and foremost before they release them I think they will explore every avenue for a trade uh, the problem for the Cowboys is they don't have the luxury to wait until the preseason and hope uh, if there's a Teddy Bridgewater type injury where the Vikings kind of uh, paid a premium to get Sam Bradford last season. So it, it, they're kind of in a, a, a fickle situation right now, but at the end of the day, this is a quarterback hungry, borderline quarterback starved league, and Tony Romo uh, can still play. The biggest question is whether or not he can uh, be healthy for a full season. So uh, a team's certainly not going to overspend on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the team uh, uh, you know, offers a mid mid-round draft pick for Tony Romo and of course uh, Tony will have the final say wherever he goes because he's going to have to restructure his contract uh, because whatever team is giving up a pick if they're giving up a pick they're certainly not going to take on the contract 
that Tony Romo has right now. When you talk about a quarterback-starved league, uh, we have a quarterback-emaciated team over here in Houston, and I'm just curious from your perspective, uh, what what are you hearing about the team he's most likely to be interested in going to? Because I assume this is going to be mostly a Tony Romo decision. Where does he want to play for? Right. Well, I think at the top of the list, it's got to be the Denver Broncos. I mean, the team that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, uh, clearly they got a young quarterback in Paxton Lynch that, uh, you know, I think the Broncos could view Roma as a good mentor to Paxton Lynch. He would, you know, he, as tough as it was for him to lose his starting job to injury and see Dak Prescott kind of uh, be, become the toast of the town like he's been for the last decade. Uh, you know, he was a team guy. He helped Dak Prescott along. He he uh, gave him all the pointers he could. So I think Tony Romo in Denver would make sense because, you know, it'd be a guy, a veteran for Paxton Lynch to kind of learn under. And, and clearly the Vikings, or excuse me, the Broncos are a team uh, that has the makings of, of being a contender. And, and it, you know, obviously we, we know with social media nowadays, Tony Romo and John Elway uh, were up in Washington, D.C., and were pictured together talking at uh, during kind of the uh, inauguration weekend. So uh, let, let those rumors flow. But I, I think the Broncos would be high on his list. And, and then kind of Houston Texans, I think, would be uh, on his short list as well. When you look at the Texans defense, the team that made the divisional round of the playoffs this year, I, I think the Texans, everyone knows, that are kind of a quarterback away. That's why they uh, kind of spend the money they did on Brock Osweiler. So I, I think, you know, when you look at the Texans, it's somewhat similar to uh, the Cowboys in terms of, you know, they got DeAndre Hopkins, they've got Lamar Miller, uh, you know, pretty decent offensive line. Uh, or I guess that's subject to, 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 to uh, debate. <laughs> Uh, especially compared to the Cowboys. But it, it seems like, at least on the outside looking in, the Texans have some weapons on offense that Tony, uh, that might be appealing to Tony and clearly a, a playoff caliber defense that, you know, can, can make a run. So it should be interesting. I mean, from your perspective, how do you think Tony Romo would fit in uh, with the team like the Texans? Well, you just hit on the one thing that would really worry me if I was Tony Romo go with the Texans is the offensive line because Derek Newton went out for the year and his career is now in jeopardy the Texans right tackle and he was nothing special but he was a very adequate right tackle and Chris Clark was a disaster their guard situation with both guards are are nothing real special the center they've got a, a second rounder last year nick martin you guys know his brother of course with the cowboys right and so uh nick martin is supposed to be a really good center but mance did a very good job for them this season as an undrafted guy he came in and was very workmanlike and 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 wasn't it wasn't an issue at all the the left tackle Dwayne brown's very solid but i worry about tony romo behind that offensive line now the texans are going to have to go out there. They're going to have to address the offensive line in the draft. They're going to have to draft a right tackle. They can't assume that Derek Newton's going to be back. Uh, Chris Clark, you know, just wasn't the answer. And you're going to have to really make that a a priority if you're the Texans. But uh, Tony Romo, just him being a mediocre quarterback. And and that's, I guess, my next question is, where do you think he is right now? I mean, you guys haven't seen him except for five games. But if he's a mediocre quarterback, just a mediocre quarterback, I think, would – 
would give the Texans a real good chance of winning the Super Bowl because, you know, as everybody knows, it's the first, you know, it's the number one defense in the NFL this past season with a bad quarterback, a defense that was on the field all the time, and that was still without J.J. Watt this year. And I'm not saying he's going to be back to the old J.J. Watt with, you know, a back injury that's, uh, you know, something that is a major thing to recover. But if you just get 80% of J.J. Watt with the defense that you already have out there, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's still going to be a really great defense that uh, the Texans have to work with. Right. Well, and, and I do apologize about the Texans offensive line trying to say they were somewhat legit. But, uh, no, I, I think Tony Romo, the reason the Texans appeal, like you said, they got a defense that can make a run in the playoffs. And uh, But the key for him, even if he is mediocre, as you said, I mean, the key for him is staying upright. And I think any team looking at Tony Romo, uh, the Cowboys, by all – measures have you know what's what's considered the top offensive line and the last uh five games tony romo played in he's broken a bone in three of them so and that includes the preseason game against seattle earlier this year so clearly uh, if he can't stay healthy behind the cowboys offensive line you know it's a big question mark whether he can stay healthy behind whether it's the texans the broncos uh, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, whoever, whatever team you want to throw out there uh, that's been linked to Romo, it, it's a question of whether or not he can stay healthy. And if the Texans feel like they can add some pieces, whether it's free agency or like in the draft, like you mentioned, uh, it's, it's a protect of Tony Romo. I, you know, all, all he has to do is just stay healthy. And and I think you know if they improve their offensive line. Uh, you know, they can maybe get more out of Lamar Miller in the running game. Uh, and, and I think that's really where Tony has thrived. When you look at 2014, Romo's best season, uh, they kind of put the hands, the ball in the hands of DeMarco Murray. And that's when Tony Romo was able to really pick apart defenses when they were really focusing on the run. You look at this season, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the Cowboys football in his hands and Dak Prescott thrived. So, and I'm sure Tony Romo would have had success, uh, too, uh, with that formula had he been healthy. But the biggest key is keeping this guy healthy. And if the Texans get enough pieces around him, uh, I think Tony Romo is certainly uh, a more than capable quarterback. And, and the Texans offense would definitely uh, improved significantly, and I and I don't even think he'd be a mediocre quarterback. I, I think he'd be a pretty solid uh, borderline Pro Bowl uh, type quarterback in the Texans' offense if, if he got in there and, and learned the system quickly. I guess the, my question would be: you know, the Cowboys have such a fantastic offensive line. Why do you think Romo had trouble staying healthy behind the Cowboys' offensive line? Was it just a, a freak accident? Is, is Tony holding onto the ball maybe too long at times? Yeah, I think it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. I mean, if you just break down each play, uh, when he got suffered his first injury in Week Two of uh, 2015 at Philly, uh, I believe it was Jordan Hicks uh, just got free, and and I think. You know, the read was on Tony. No one picked it up uh, Hicks, and, and he just clobbered Tony, and Tony took a bad fall and, uh, you know, broke his collarbone. And then on Thanksgiving against Carolina, a uh, very similar play, uh, you know, where he just took a bad hit. And then this this preseason, I, I think, was really – I think those two collarbone injuries was kind of a combination of 
the defense making the right plays and, and the Cowboys not picking up the blitz properly. Uh, but this last offseason, or this preseason, I think you really saw Tony Romo's age and, and kind of uh, mobility become a question mark uh, because, you know, it wasn't like Cliff Averill hit him real hard. It wasn't a nasty hit. Tony was trying to roll outside, uh, kind of keep the play extended, and he certainly did not look uh, quick or, or like his old self rolling out of the pocket. So I, that's where I thought his age really looked. But with that being said, he played one series against the Eagles in the season finale, led a touchdown run, looked quick, made good reads. I, I think certainly uh, he, he's got a chance to you know, kind of extend his career and stay healthy. But with that being said, uh, any team that gets him uh, is going to be holding their breath every time he takes a hit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from the Texans' perspective, it might have gone unnoticed a little bit around the rest of the country. But the big news this past week was Bob McNair said, you know, the quarterback play was not good enough. They're talking about drafting a guy. So I, if, they're dra- if they draft somebody, I don't necessarily think that they're going to go out and go for Tony Romo. But Bill O'Brien also is going to be putting pressure on them to, to get – the best guy that they can get at quarterback this year because Bill O'Brien right now feels more pressure to, to do something this year. This is a hit or miss year for him. It could be the end of, of Bill O'Brien. You, they got rid of Godsey. I don't know if that was O'Brien's call or the ownership's call or the GM's call, but Godsey was the offensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien is supposed to be the brains behind this this team and, the, and this offense mostly. And so Bill O'Brien's taking it over himself. And, you know, after this year, he's got one year left on his contract. So at that point, they're going to have to make the decision where whether are they going to renew Bill O'Brien or, you know, is that going to be the end of his tenure in Houston? The last thing I'll just tell you real quick is Bob McNair. You know, he's 80 years old. He's 80. I think he's 80 now or 81. And he's getting to the point where he's getting impatient, a little bit more impatient than maybe he would be in the past. He is the most loyal and patient owner in the NFL, he's kind of the opposite of what Jerry Jones has been uh, for for some of his tenure. But uh, at this point, I, I think he's a little bit more patient, and I think O'Brien is going to be really tested this season to see where he's at as a head coach. You bring up a good point where it's one of those things, and I think I, you know, even <laughs> at the age he was, I still think the Texans, especially fans, and and you can tell me how. This, how the fans you've talked to feel about this, but my perspective from the outside would be uh, the Texans have a Super Bowl caliber defense right now. You might as well push the chips in. That's what they they, they busted on Brock Osweiler. Uh, I think that became you know very clear uh, throughout the season. But you know why not if you, can, if, you if they're able to push the chips in again, why not go with Tony Romo? I mean you can't go do much worse. And even if you do draft a rookie quarterback, uh, let's not lose sight. Yes, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys had a fantastic year, arguably the best rookie quarterback season uh, in NFL history. But when you look at other guys like Carson Wentz or, or uh, Pax and Lynch and Jared Goff and some of these other rookies, it is not the norm. Dak Prescott is not the norm. He's uh, certainly not the norm in terms of rookie quarterback success so you know if you can get a veteran quarterback 
uh, why not push the chips in and, and go for it, especially when the defense is at the caliber it is. What? All right, that was Locked On Cowboys, part one of the crossover podcast with Robert Land of Locked On Texans. Make sure you tune in next week. We talk about Jerry Jones. We talk about the Houston and Dallas rivalry. As always, thanks for tuning in. This is Locked On Cowboys. I'm Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.